cosas no pitaban. The makers of epic pure sunflower oil, purine and bread cooking fat, yum yum peanut butter, maple, margarine, niblets cheese twists, halverine bread spread and blossom yellow margarine present the epic case book. in which Inspector Carr investigates. Good evening. I don't think that there has ever been a newspaper account of a murder trial that has haunted me for so long as the recent case of a young South African girl who was thrown overboard from a British merchant vessel and of the young merchant seaman named Stephen Marley who was charged and convicted. The trial was given full coverage by the South African press, and rightly so, not because of the victim's nationality, but because the whole dreadful story contained circumstances almost beyond belief. Obviously, I don't propose to dwell on the sensational and garish evidence which came out at the trial, but one cannot help wondering as to how these two girls, for if you've read the account of the trial, you will know there was another stowaway on board, how they came to choose the sort of life they were leading before they boarded the vessel. The judge commented on the fact that these two girls could stow away on a vessel with such ease, and understandably suggested that stricter precautions were necessary. Yet keeping away unauthorized persons from a boat which is about to sail is not easy. I'm not claiming to be an authority on a ship and those that sail in her, but I did have to investigate very thoroughly the procedure and routine adopted when a ship leaves harbour. What's more, a stowaway figured prominently in my investigation. You see, the master of a vessel called the Dolphin was found murdered whilst the vessel was still on the high seas. She was sailing under a British flag, registered at Southampton. Let me tell you about it. I've called my story No Holds Barred. Car? Operations here, Inspector. Murder on the high seas, sir. Are you reporting an incident or telling me of a movie you've seen, Ops? <laughs> Sorry about that dramatic opening, Inspector. Couldn't resist it. Hmm. The general manager of the Transatlantic Shipping Company has telephoned to say that the master of the vessel called the Dolphin has been murdered six miles out of sea, sir. Oh? Where's the Dolphin based? Southampton, sir. Well, it's a matter for Winchester, surely. It comes under Hampshire CRD. Mr. Hamble, he's the general manager, sir. Says that he communicated with the Southampton police who say that the murdered man's home is in Barking. That comes under the metropolitan area. And he thought it was a matter for the murder squad, sir. Sure. Case of passing the buck, if ever I heard one. All right, when should you do the dock? According to Mr. Hamble, in about half an hour from now, sir. The docks are heavily congested and they expect some delay. Oh, I'd better get down to Southampton docks right away. Are you the pilot ready to take me out to the Dolphin? That's right. If you're the man from Scotland Yard I've been told to look out for. Good, then that's all right. My name's Carr. Captain Anley at your service, sir. Yeah, let me give me a hand down. Thanks. Very <coughs> misty, isn't it? Certainly is. Look at them through the mist. They're waiting their turn to enter the docks. The Dolphin among that lot? No, she's been told to drop anchor and await your arrival. There she is. See where I'm pointing? Huh? About 45 degrees in the starboard bow. Oh, good. Then let's go. 
Mind you, they also say there was no finer sailor on the seven seas. Oh, now you can see her, that's her. There's three black stripes on the funnels. That's the Transatlantic Shipping Company's ensign. Right, Harry, easy as she goes, off, Ed. Off, really, please. Steady! Right. You climb a rope ladder, Mr. Cole? Well, reasonably well. I don't know whether that's the right answer in these choppy waters. Order! Right. Port five! Stop! Stand by to take a line aboard. How are you, Charlie? How are you, mate? Is that a cop, Billy? Cop. One. Chief Inspector Carr, New Scotland Yard. Let's see. That's Charlie Hughes, first mate. Up you go, sir. I'll steady the rope ladder. Yep. <coughs> My instructions are to await a radio message. Looks as though the dolphin will be held up here for a couple of hours. Well, thank you, Captain Andy. <coughs> I'll send a message through as soon as I'm ready to return. Castle! There was a distinct swell, and the slight sway of the rope ladder didn't help matters. But within a matter of a moment or so, I was aboard the merchant vessel Dolphin. Hughes was a big, burly man in a rather dirty jersey and a uniform cap on the back of his head. As we shook hands, I could see groups of sailors staring at me. Was it the fact that one of the crew was a murderer and therefore all were suspect? Was that the reason I sensed an atmosphere of hostility bordering on hate? Uh, I wish I was welcome. You were born under more pleasant circumstances, Chief Inspector. All right, what are you all staring at? Haven't been paid off yet. Get back to duties. Not the latest ones. You there. Tell Sparks the radio the Chief Inspector cars aboard. Got to tell the South End of Police. Aye, aye, sir. Uh, skipper's line over there. Covered him with a tarpaulin. There's somebody else aboard you want to question. I don't understand that cryptic remark, Mr. Hughes. I'll need to question everyone. Uh, there'll be one more than you bargained for. Stowaway. How they managed to smuggle it aboard. Do you mean there's a girl aboard this vessel? Girl? <laughs> more like a grandmother. She's mixed up in this somewhere or another. You mark my words. Uh, things weren't like this in my day. Here, I'll take you to see the skipper. All right. He's over there, bottom of the ladder. By the foreign welding. Anybody guarding the body? Aye, Abel Seaman Drake. Hmm. All right, Drake, back to your quarters. Well, this is the skipper. I decided not to move until I got your instructions. Quite right. Let's take a look. Oh, gosh, eh? Whoever cracked that skull must have used a lot of force. Should look around for a murder weapon. Not well, that anyone's likely to leave it about when it would be a simple matter to throw it overboard. All right, Mr. Hughes, let's start from the beginning. When and how did it happen? Well, just about halfway through the middle watch. I decided to go on deck. Middle watch? Yeah, about uh, two o'clock in the morning. Okay, go on. And I saw someone in oilskins running away. 
I didn't know why he was running or who it was. I come here to investigate. I saw the skipper. He'd obviously just been attacked. That crack on the skull must have killed him instantly. I shouted to the lookout to raise the alarm. All hands on deck! All hands on deck! Come on now! Someone's covered the skipper. He's dead. Look at him lying there. Great suffering catfish! Now I know the skipper got his number because of the stowaway. It's murder now, and if you won't talk, she will. You, George Ramsey! Where have you been for the last half hour? On me bunk where I should still be. I told you before I know nothing about that woman, and I'll tell you again. You address me respectfully. I'm in charge of this vessel now. If you don't watch your step, I'll have you in irons. Of course, no one admitted to cracking a skipper's head wide open. Oh, the stowaway, where is she? The skipper gave instructions for it to be kept locked up in the Sparks' cabin. He's bunked in with the chief engineer. Is she American? No, we searched her handbag. She's got a British passport. You want me to take you to her? Yes, please. Yeah, I unlocked the cabin this morning. There's no point, I mean, there's nowhere she can go. I just told her to stay put. What's all this talk of mutiny? Uh, the old man threatened that everyone would lose this even stick it when he found out about that stowaway. We're on a straight run from New York. She must have been smuggled aboard then. Now she's in here. Don't you knock when you enter a lady's apartment. I understand that you're an unauthorized passenger on this vessel, that you left New York without going through customs and immigration. What's that got to do with the price of eggs? I'm a British subject, and I've got a British passport. Well, never mind that now. How'd you get aboard this vessel? I just waited until no one was looking. Then I just ran up the gangway and hid. She's lying. Somebody must have brought her food. Was this cabin locked till last night? Locked? The rotten swine kept you in here like a caged animal. Yes, it was locked. Well, who locked this woman in? Who's I did. Keys? An instruction on the skipper. I come and unlock the cabin door. And, and about time, too. Uh, where, where was, was this I... woman hiding when she was discovered? She was in a hold. Ran into some bad weather. Skipper was told that some of the cargo had shifted because of a bad list of port. It's one of the worst squalls I've experienced for years. You there. Go on, George. Secure those cracks over there. If that stuff breaks the way we've had it. Well, what's that doing over there? That looks rather dicey. You don't think you ought to last? Blimey. How'd you get in here? Oh. Hey, we've got a stowaway, oh. Miss Hughes. What are you doing in here? Oh, man? leave me alone. Just leave me to die. Poor old girl. Oh. You'll be all right, Ma. Oh. The worst of the squall's over. You'll feel better once you get up on oh. deck. Better? Wait until the skipper is to this. How did you get aboard? I don't question her now. She needs a doctor. She's going to be a bit pushed. Oh. You got no ship surgeon. Water. Water! I need some water. You were in a bad way, weren't you? Bad way? I thought I was never going to get out of the old alive. What happened? Were you taken to the captain of this vessel? I wasn't taken to him. I was dragged. The way he carried on, you'd have thought I was trying to blow up his wretched boat. When did all this take place? Night before last. So, you've been aboard the Dolphin ever since she left New York Harbour? Well, I wasn't dropped onto the ship by a parachute. I don't think there's any need to be funny, madam. The captain of the Dolphin has been murdered and you are implicated. For the first time, this very tough-looking lady, if lady is the right word, showed some signs of fear. Although, had she been locked in the cabin, as the first mate stated, the woman could hardly be accused of murder. You... eh? You don't think... you don't think... Never I... mind that now. I understand you have a passport. Please hand it over. It's my property. Now, Madam, I don't think you realize sufficient of the situation you're in. I'm a police officer and it's my duty to arrest you for illegally boarding and traveling on this vessel. And no doubt by the time the dolphin arrives at Southampton docks, more serious charges will be leveled at you. Now, where's that passport? Here, in my bag. Thank you. Oh, I see that your name's Sadie Bowden, that you're a widow, that you're born in London... 
How long were you in the United States? Five years. I went out to join my sister. Then I decided to come back to Britain. Look, all right, so I tried to get a free trip back to Southampton. Is that so terrible? I'm taking possession of you. Give it back. back to me. You can't do that. Dear me, you seem to have a considerable amount of dollars for the woman who needs to hide in a ship's hold. As I say, you can consider yourself under arrest. You mean I'm not going to get locked up in here? There's no point, unless you're the suicidal type, and I don't think you are. But where's the wireless cabin, Mr. Hughes? Which of these messages would you like me to send first? This one. To New York. And then get through to the Southampton CID and give them this message. Right, sir. Well, before you start sending these messages, Sparks, there was a rumour in the docks that some kind of mutiny was taking place aboard this ship. Now, you're the only one who could have started that rumour. Unless somebody else has the use of your wireless cabin. I'm sorry about that, sir. I'm in hourly contact with our Southampton office. Once we're in the three-mile limit, yeah. I reported the stowaway, and as Fred Challen was receiving the message, I jokingly said that the ship's crew were mutinous because the skipper was locking this beautiful girl in the cabin and having her all to himself. Have you seen the stowaway? No, sir. But three of the crew did. I understand she's no chicken, but something of a cat in spite of her age. So there's no question of any of the crew being mutinous? Well, I wouldn't say so, sir. Naturally, some of them resented being accused of helping her to stow away in the hold. What chance would she have had of getting ashore if she hadn't been discovered? Oh, not very difficult. It was a million to one for the cargo to have shifted as it did. The crew would have been signed off. The immigration and customs would come aboard. Well, they wouldn't have started unloading for at least 24 hours. Whoever was helping her would wrap a great sou'wester around her. And what with all the mist and the fog, well, well she would have got ashore all right. You talk as though this sort of thing's been done before. Of course it has. Well, I don't say it's done often. But you go and mix with the ship's crews along the dockside pubs. You'll hear some stories and make your hair stand on end. Uh, well, if you excuse the expression, sir. All right, Sparks. Send off those messages as soon as you can. Right away, sir. Oh, and let me know as soon as you get a reply from New York. Right, sir. Oh, excuse me, sir. There's a message coming through. Ah, oh, there you are, Mr. Gar. I've arranged for you to use the captain's cabin. Good. I want to question every single member of the crew. Oh, very good. Well, have you a ship's plan, you know, where the sleeping quarters are, galleys on? Oh, yeah. In fact, you'll find it on the wall of the cabin. It's a chart of the dolphin. Good. Message for you, Mr. Mate. Mm. Harbour Master says that we can get ready to weigh anchor. We can expect the signal to proceed in about a matter of minutes. Right, Sparks. I think the tugs are standing by. Yes, Mr. Mate. Well, if you'll kindly show me to the captain's cabin... My aim was to question every member of the crew, particularly as to where they were and what they were doing at the time when the captain was murdered. But in so doing, I hoped to find out which of the crew conspired to get the woman into the hole. I was fast asleep on my bunk, to be sure. There was four of us in that cabin. Myself, Taffy Evans, Monty Fisher and Harry Fraser. Were you dressed for any emergency? Dressed? If you mean was we wearing pyjamas? Oh, no, no. Our vest and underpants are good enough for the likes of us. I didn't mean that, Mr. Collins. As soon as Mr. Hughes realised what had happened, he raised the alarm. What happened? Who woke first? It was Taffy Evans, to be sure. What I must say, if it takes more than an alarm bell to wake me. Four of the crew able to give each other an alibi. And so it went on. And with the interrogation came the depressing thought that finding the culprit was going to be no easy task. I left George Ramsey at the last... I understand it was you who found the stowaway. Yeah. I wouldn't have noticed her if I uh, didn't hear some strange voices coming from behind those crates. Well, that means you're in the clear as far as the stowaway is concerned. Who brought her aboard? I don't know. Honest, I don't. But she must have heard talk. She'd been down in that hold for over eight days. Somebody must have brought her food, water. 
Well, come on, who was it? I'll tell you, Governor, no one goes down into the number two hold. It, it was only that the cargo was in danger because of the ship's list. I've never seen a storm like it. But how did anyone know that the cargo was in danger of becoming loose? Well, we didn't. That is, no one except the skipper. It was a hard man was Captain Timbolt, but no finer a sailor existed. I was on the foredeck during a storm. We were all making fast under the supervision of the first mate. Captain, she's rolling heavy, Mr. Hughes. I worried about the cargo in number two hold. I suggest you take Ramsey and Freeman. Just make sure everything's all right. The starboard sights will see quite a hammering. Right, Giver. Come on, you two! I see. You say you respected your skipper. Well, who hated him? Who hated him so much as to kill him? No one. I don't believe it. They say he was found at the bottom of the ladder. The game was pretty rough. He might have fallen. You wouldn't say that, Mr. Ramsey, if you saw the body. All right, thank you. I seem to be getting nowhere fast. Oh, tell Mrs. Bowden I want to see her. Aye, aye, sir. Mrs. Bowden, I now know why you had to stir away on a ship. Although you've got over $2,000 in your bag... This has just come down from the wireless room. I'll read it to you. British subject Sadie Bowden disappeared in New York precinct whilst awaiting charge being concerned with attempted extortion conspiracy bail forfeited. The rest doesn't concern you. Listen, I can explain. It was all a mistake. You see, this girl... Now, save to... your breath, Mrs. Bowden. If the New York police want you for an extortion rap, that's their affair. I shall be handing you over to the Southampton police on stowaway charges. Or I might take you with me to book you on a charge of conspiracy to an act of murder. Murder? Murder? Why, you're crazy! Am I? One night you're discovered by the master of this vessel acting as a stowaway. The following night he's found with the back of his head stove in. It's no good, Mrs. Bowden. It's too great a coincidence. I swear it, it isn't true. All right, I'll tell you. These two sailors were in the blue domino on the battery. The battery in New York? Yeah. I knew that if I tried to skip the country, I'd have been caught before I got to a railway station, let alone an airport. I was on bail, on condition that I didn't leave Brooklyn. So I got two of my girls to chat these sailors up. They were off the Dolphin. Told us it was due to sail at dawn that morning. Gone? Well, they got me a jersey and trousers and a cap, and the three of us staggered onto the docks, all pretending to be drunk. One of them went up to chat for a look out, and the other sneaked me aboard and took me down to that terrible place where they kept all the cargo. What are their names? Oh, come on, woman. Can't you see the position you're in? I don't know their full names. One was called Chips. Suppose he was a carpenter. The other? He was called Harry. Sam Hart and Harry Lester. Well, they've admitted it. I got them both under close arrest. I understand you're ready to sail. Yeah. What are you going to do with these murderers? We don't know that they are the murderers. Why else should the skipper be killed? Well, my difficulty is that there doesn't seem to be any motive. Motive? You realise what these men can get for assisting a stowaway? The point is, Mr. Hughes, that had they killed the stowaway, then their guilt might never be known. Why kill Captain Timbert? They were safe so long as the woman never talked. So... Oh. Yes, Marks? Orders to sail them. Excuse me, Inspector Carr. I want it up the bridge. And so the merchant vessel Dolphin sailed into Southampton Harbour and was then guided by two sturdy tugs into the docks. The stowaway was handed over to the Southampton police and I felt that there was no point in keeping the ship's crew on board. It was with a certain amount of reluctance that I told the first mate that they could go ashore, providing each member of the crew left an address where they could be contacted. 
I set up headquarters at the Transatlantic Shipping Company's dockside office. Well, there's no need to keep you any longer either, Mr. Hughes. I understand the barking police are breaking the sad news to Mrs. Timbold. Yeah, they should have done what I suggested. Buried him at sea. That's what he would have wanted. Possibly, but that would be impossible. At this very moment, the senior police surgeon at Southampton is examining the body. Carr? This is Southampton General Hospital. Yes? The result of the examination is you requested, Chief Inspector. Estimated time of death between 8 and 10 p.m. Repeat that. Between 8 and 10 p.m. Thank you. Mr. Hughes, I think it'll save time if we go over your statement again. You've got quite a long journey in front of you. Now, you say that about halfway through the middle watch, you went out on deck. Now, look, can't I do this some other time? No, I'm afraid not, Mr. Hughes. If I can complete your statement, I can get back to London. Now, you say that you were on deck halfway through the middle watch when you saw a man running away. Right, yes. And it was obvious to you that your captain had just been killed. Yes. Impossible. We've just heard that Captain Timbold met his death between 8 and 10 o'clock that night. Where were you between 8 and 10? What's all this about? I've anyway? been asking the wrong sort of questions, that's what. You saw someone running away. What was he dressed in? Like any sailor. Jersey, his cap. I told him it was too dark to see. I'm arresting you, Mr. Hughes, for the murder of Captain William Timbold, and I must warn you. All right, Mrs. Barton, you're being moved to the magistrate's cells. Whatever you're charged with, it won't be murder. Hughes has confessed. You're not implicated at all. It seemed that the first mate and the captain quarreled violently. Timbolt went on deck and saw Hughes about to enter the cabin where they'd placed Sadie Bowden. He asked him what he was doing. Hughes made some sort of obscene suggestion, and the captain warned him that he would be reported to the shipping company. Hughes followed the captain to his cabin and struck him with an axe taken from the fire precaution cupboard. Once I proved to him that his first statement contained an inaccuracy, he made another contradicting his original version as to how he came across the dead body. Did you notice it? Not sure. Well, we know that Hughes lied when he said that he saw the killer run away at 2 a.m., since Timbolt was murdered some hours earlier. But where did his second statement disagree with his first? Simply this. Originally, Hughes said, I saw someone in oilskins running away. But when we were on land, he said, oh, What was he dressed in? Like any sailor. Jersey, cap. Of course, his statement about quarrelling over Sadie Bowden was nonsense. He knew that with Timbold out of the way, he'd at last realize his dream and be able to use his master's ticket. He saw the stowaway as an opportunity to cast suspicion on everyone aboard the Dolphin except himself. He proved to be wrong. Good night. <laughs> The Epic Casebook was produced by Michael Silver for the makers of Epic Sunflower Oil, Maple Margarine, Yum Yum Peanut Butter, Niblet Cheese Twists, Halverine Bread Spread, and Blossom Yellow Margarine, with Hugh Rouse as Inspector Carr. Listen again next Thursday night at 9.30 to another exciting story from our Epic Casebook.